Welcome to We Are Venomaniacs, the Venom site's official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views. My name is Orion, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Carlos. Yo! And Aaron. What's crack-a-lackin'? We're also joined by our special guest host, Jonathan, a.k.a. Let's Talk Carnage on Twitter and LT Carnage on our Discord server. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We are changing up our recording scheduling a bit. Uh, We'll be recording at least one new episode a month to cover the month's worth of Symbiote comic reviews, plus an additional episode uh, to cover other Symbiote-related podcasts every now and then. Uh, Today, we're going to be reviewing the comics of January 2020, including Ruins of Ravencroft, Carnage number 1, the uh, Venom, The End, number 1, Venom number 22, Web of Venom, The Good Son, number 1, and Scream, Curse of Carnage, number 3. Note that we will not be reviewing Spider-Man and Venom Double Trouble, number 3, or Symbiote Spider-Man Alien Reality, number 2, today, as we plan to review those two miniseries in full once they have concluded. Although I'm not sure if we want to review Alien Reality, it's not really Symbiote-focused, but we'll see. Um, so let's go ahead and get started with a review of Ruins of Ravencroft, Carnage number one. At the end of Absolute Carnage, the Ravencroft Institute for the Criminally Insane was left in ruins from the wake of Dark Carnage's bloody crusade. Now, some movers and shakers of the Marvel Universe have turned their sights on restoring the Institute. Upon tearing it down to its foundations, some long-hidden secrets have been unearthed about Ravencroft's, uh, Ravencroft's dark history including ties to Cletus Cassidy's family and a certain dark god of the symbiotes. So, um, since we have our special guest, Jonathan, who's the big Carnage fan, let's go ahead and start with you. What were your uh, thoughts on this issue? I thought it was pretty cool seeing the history of Cletus Cassidy's family. We haven't seen too much of that. We've seen hints of it, but we haven't gone into that too deep. I thought it was nice to see Yeah, so this uh, thing they're doing, I think they said they're starting to try to push, uh, you know, like Ravencroft, Ravencroft, like it is like Arkham Asylum. And uh, I I think that's kind of interesting. I I personally don't know where they're going to go with it because, you know, besides Carnage 1, they're doing uh, Dracula, Sabretooth, and all this other ones, right? But uh, I, I honestly don't know if they use Ravencroft and other books besides Spider-Man, I mean, that's the only time I've ever heard of this place. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see where that goes, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, John, right? No, right. Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. Sorry. Both work. Both, yeah, both we, work. We, right. We, we have right, a John, John. Sorry, and guys. Now we have a Jonathan. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of interesting. Uh, I think there's a lot of questions this also raised. Uh, so like, this is back in like the colonial area. Uh, and so you have these, these like native Americans who are, uh, worshiping Noel and, you know, it's kind of a old timey kind of story where they have to kill, you know, like the natives because they're murdering all of the colonials, you know, it's kind of backwards from what, from what things we do now, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, they're, they have like the null symbol on them and they're just, uh, and they're, you know, they're trying to 
summon God or in Null, and we don't really know where that came from because they didn't really explain why are they worshiping Null. I mean, I would assume it's because there's another like a there's like a symbiote influence around that area. But anyway, um, I think they uh, said the leader of this band of the Colonials is a uh, what's the dude's name? Uh, so you want to help me out here? It's uh, uh, it something Cortland, Cassidy. Cortland Cassidy. Cortland, Cortland Cassidy. Yes, yeah. yes. He is a good boy who wants to just save save his people, but then he and his wife, Molly? Molly Ravencroft. Yeah, Molly. Mo- Molly. Oh, okay. Molly Ravencroft. That's also on the nose a little bit. But yeah, uh, he goes to stop them, and he winds up being corrupted after he murders a lot of these you know, natives who are like worshiping Noel. So... And then he kind of goes crazy, and then he gets out because Molly, uh, Molly like lets him out, right? Yeah. So then he just stays yeah. in the woods with the Native Americans, and he's worshiping Noel, and that's the end of that story. So, so that's uh, just a quick little rundown. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. Now, I I took you know I know there's a lot of people online who had some issue with um, the fact that we're now tying Noel into Cletus's family history. And uh, I understand and sympathize with the with these detractors because you know it's like uh, it feels like they're removing Cletus's uh, the reason why he's crazy is not uh, because it's establishing here that Null has some some influence in why his family went crazy uh, when it was established in Carnage's origin that uh, Cletus Cassidy is just. You know, he's all about chaos. He's all about, you know, he, he is his own man and he kills because he wants to kill because it's fun, not because, you know, some symbiote god influences him to do so. Well, yeah, but I don't think that really uh, affects Cletus as much. This is just saying, oh, he had an ancestor who also worshipped Noel. I then go into how it, oh, well, now. Now it stems the rest of the family. It was just one guy. But, I mean, I do kind of agree that they are doing a little bit too much with Noel. Well, I mean, also, um, uh, Cletus, Cletus Cassidy, we don't know if Cortland was directly his parent or if he was just, like, an ancestor. He's an ancestor. He, yeah, so even if even if he was Cassidy's grand, great-grandparent, we'd, it would, he would have probably... Well, Cassie would have probably been born after. Now, I think I, I really did like, you know, the Cassidy's being tied much closer to Ravencroft than we thought before, uh, with Cortland being married to Mar- uh, Molly Ravencroft. So I, I like that. I like that deeper establishment of Ravencroft with the Cassidy's. I like that much. I think that's pretty cool as well. It's almost like saying Cletus. Not that he was always going to go there, but it's like it's almost like almost like a home for him since he spends so much time there as well, and he also has a family history there as well. So it's almost like his home in a way. So yeah, yeah, but we also don't know if uh, if if he's actually part of like the Ravencroft family because it didn't seem like Molly and Cortland had a, a son at all, or like any you know like kids. So maybe he had a kid with one of the natives or. Something like that, but that is kind of interesting. Like, so like I didn't, didn't uh, sort of like you know like realize. Oh yeah, well that's you know you got the Cassidys and you know you got the Ravencrofts and it kind of tied them together. So you know that is kind of interesting. Yeah, 
And if they did have a kid, it would be before Cortland became possessed by Null, so that wouldn't really affect Cletus' Cletus's going insane. That would just be the traditional, oh, he just simply, he loves chaos, he does what he wants because he can, so... Right. So, so I don't think it really affects much, but, uh, you know, it's one of those other things where they're just using Noel too much and I'm starting to feel that weight, but you know, it was still a little interesting story. So yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Very fun. I, I, I enjoyed it personally. Yeah. And how about you, Carlos? Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the issue as well. Uh, you know, it gives us more insight into Cletus and the whole history behind Ravencroft. So I thought it was a really fun read. So I enjoyed it. All right. Well, uh, we want to try to keep these reviews short so it's not too long of an episode. So let's go ahead and move on. We have a special one-shot story called Venom, The End. This story takes the Venom symbiote through the ages all the way up to the end of the Marvel Universe. Venom becomes the last defender of biological life against an onslaught of uh, mechanized life forms called the God Mind. And they have a bit of a uh, a connection to Tony Stark, and it was very interesting. This this story, um, I'll admit, when I saw the preview pages, it felt to me like this was very thick sci-fi dialogue, and it kind of turned me off a bit at first, because like, what is this writer like trying to communicate? He's using all this sci-fi jargon, and it's just like, uh, but um. I read the rest of the issue and I understood it and I'm like, okay, I get it. And then I also get, you know, who the narrator is supposed to be. And it's supposed to be one of these God mind, Tony Stark AI. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. Why it's so, you know, so techie in the language, but uh, it inter- I think it introduced some interesting concepts about uh, symbiotes being that they're like transdimensional beings. Uh, I've, what's it called? The, the lattice or something. Yeah, no, uh, I just found it like it just opened up to more things for Venom. And again, like even before, like they were Marvel was advertising this as like the end because it wasn't just Venom. I think uh, Captain America got one and some other Marvel characters got like, yeah, yeah, they got their end storyline. And for me, for this issue, it kind of was a little bit heartfelt for me because you know, because at the beginning of the issue, uh, Venom was going through how uh, he, he had all these different hosts. He gave Telcar a four-star rating, which, honestly, I would have gave him maybe a two. Uh, Peter got a one, um, and Eddie Brock, and I know Aaron would like this because uh, Venom gave Eddie Brock a five-star host capability. So, Keep Flash. Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. So what did Flash Thompson get? You know, like, what did Flash hmm. get? Absolutely yeah, nothing. There, there oh, right. wasn't nothing. He wasn't in the issue. Stop so rubbing not. it in. <laughs> Technically, you can't you, can, you can't just prove if he's a one star or a five star. We don't know. Totally. So. And Ann got a four star, I believe, right? Yeah, Ann got four stars. Every, yeah, four every, star. Everybody got four stars except for Eddie and Peter. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So this was honestly one of my favorite. What if Venom? Venom issues in like, you know, years because uh, most of the time when it's like a what if issue with Venom, it's, oh, the Venom suit bonds to another person and doesn't do anything. Oh, that's so interesting. But this, I really like this because this was actually focused on Venom and it focused on how how the suit felt after Eddie dies and what they and like what it what they do after that. And I loved how it how the main focus of this was 
it needs to find a purpose after Eddie dies. And that's where you get all this crazy nonsense uh, y'all can talk about. I, I, I really kind of... It was really kind of hard for me to read the issues in some ways because, you know, there was that one scene where Venom was really trying to keep Eddie alive, but his body was slowly dying and he was trying to keep his brain alive by feeding it, you know, the symbiotic neutrons or whatever it was. Um, But yeah, that was a pretty... It was kind of sad, you know? And... um, but yeah, then I guess you know Venom. He he be, he got like a new look. He has his, like this DNA symbol on him, and uh, I guess he was just trying. You know, by the end of it, he was trying to make a new new life. You know, just I, yeah. Yes, he he learned to love life because of Eddie Brock, and that's man, that's man, that's just deep, man. Yeah, also, yeah, I it was. I also feel it's like a. It's like a like an amazing journey for the symbiote because it starts off as like as like almost like a Spider-Man villain and now he's like the savior of all life in the universe. It's like it's a pretty big progression of the symbiote's path to becoming a hero, and I I like seeing that. Yeah, I I really like this one page um, because you know basically all of biological life is wiped out and venom uh has been going around collecting uh dna from all the life and everything and even going through time to collect dna from biological life to kind of rebuild life and create his army against the god mind and uh there's this page where i just love it because you know eddie has a history saving uh babies and children and this page this page is just full of Eddie creating new babies and it, it's like there's babies crawling around everywhere. He's just nursing these babies like it's hilarious. <laughs> Symbiote babies. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's very hard to explain what what like actually happens in the books. You're going to have to read it, but there's like just so many things with Symbiote bonds with everyone who like ever lived and he's he's like using he's he's growing mutants so like he's using the you know storms powers and there's just a lot of stuff happening and there's more there's more ratings they're giving them for the stars of the hosts for those clones i guess so if you you think about it we all eventually technically all become venom hosts we were all in venom the end in some alternate universe the uh so yeah, like the venom was the friends we made along the way, or something. But uh, Orion, so was was the God Mind Ray? That's what they're called that faction, right? Yeah. So was it led by Tony Stark's like his mind, like his projection? Is that was that was pretty much him, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was yeah. basically um, Tony Stark uh, had advanced AI to such a point where it became its own kind of faction, and it imprinted Tony's mind and copied it and just distributed it throughout the god mind faction and so it was it wasn't exactly tony stark but it it was at the same time yeah 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 so on one hand i was kind of happy we got a new villain but on the other hand i was kind of hoping it would have been null because if it was null you would have ha- you would have had venom like finally defeating him and and showing him how like he's like the savior of the universe and all this stuff that like we're building up to now but then you would have got people complaining that, oh, it's just Null again. But, I mean, it would have been interesting if it was Null instead of these. Like these technological advanced beings, yeah. Because he travels, like, so far in the future. So it's 
by the end of it, like they were gonna corner him and they were gonna kill him off. But then I guess Venom, the last moment, he was able to rip himself or take all the DNA and somehow forge multiple new universes that house life. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. He 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 like makes himself like an arc. I think they caught a. I think they caught a tesseract. Yeah, he's a tesseract lattice or something like that. So yeah, stops so, something like that. That's above my pay grade. Yeah. Now I, I'll, I'll mention that I also like one of the things I liked about this is it introduced one of my new favorite versions of Venom, and that's DJ Venom. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Remix. <laughs> oh yes. This 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 book is has so much like meme panels. It's just perfect. There's so much you can take from it. Yeah, it's like it, it's funny. It's like you have this this high stakes story. There's this sad story of of Venom missing Eddie, and then it's not without its goofy humor, which is just so Venom. <laughs> Venom Venom's always had a, like a like a goofy dark humor side to him, and I like seeing that. Like, yeah, people always let people forget about that, and I, I like seeing it come back. Yeah, and then of course uh, Venom telling um, the Stark God Mind uh, to to f off. Yeah, to f off. Yeah. <laughs> like, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All in all, this uh, this issue was great. So for those that are listening, if you guys would like to read the the end for Venom, I suggest go pick up this issue. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on. We have next up um, Venom number 22, which is part two of Venom Island. Ven- uh, Eddie has returned to uh, Isla de Huesos to fight off Carnage's corruption and save the Venom symbiote. He's been prepared for the eventuality of taking down the symbiote, but quickly learns that he couldn't have been prepared for this new and improved Carnage. When trapped between Carnage and a hard place... Eddie makes a shocking sacrifice for survival. Meanwhile, Dylan lets Normie in on a deadly secret that he's been keeping from both Eddie and Sleeper. So, uh, yeah, I mean, let's 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 get this whole silly sacrificing out of the way. You know, Donnie is very is very good at hyping things and selling his comic, and everyone who got advanced copies helped with that as well saying oh my god this is the biggest sacrifice that he's ever made and blah blah well you know what this you know what the sacrifice was it was him cutting off his own hand dun, yeah. Dun, dun. yeah yeah like last time he was saying how like a lot of the folks in the marvel office read the book and then they said like oh my god like they actually did that blah, 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 blah. and it it is him just losing his hand which we know very well that the symbiote can just grow back so mm-hmm. uh but I mean, there's more to talk about the book besides that. But if y'all want to keep talking about it, sure, go ahead. No, no, I think I think that you know, it's like it's just I think it's a moot point. It's like oh my gosh, it's just his hand. It's like yeah, we've seen uh, Cletus lose his his lower half of his body, and then it comes back, and then sometimes he doesn't have it anymore. So it's like it's completely silly. It's like the only person who ever really lost his appendages and never really got back from a symbiote was Flash. Yeah, and I mean, this is kind of weird for like me to say, but I, I really would not like Eddie if he permanently did not have a hand. Like, even after the symbiote like comes back, he like actually, you know, like he, you know, he has to have like a like a like what do you call it like a, um, a hook. Yeah. So yeah, like like a like a 
fake arm. Like what do you call it? like um like for a prosthetic uh, like, arm? Right. Yes. I I I would honestly not be a huge fan of it. I mean, like it's not that I don't like Eddie not having having anything like that, but it's like we've been through that like so so like many times with like Flash. And then, uh, like back in the day, we had Scott, who like who who also couldn't walk. And then Lee Price didn't have his pinky, so you know <laughs> that was yeah, that was very traumatizing. Lost yeah. his pinky, but, but now there, yeah. there was a bit of foreshadowing to this a little earlier in the issue when Dylan was having a nightmare. He was uh, holding Eddie's hand, but Eddie transforms into kind of null, and when. Uh, Dylan pulls his hand away from Eddie's. Uh, Eddie's hand uh, basically comes ripped off. So it's like, oh, there's a bit of foreshadowing there to see, oh, this is what's going to happen to him. Then also, like in the splash page uh, where he's fighting all of like the venom, you know, like animals and stuff. There's there's tombstones that say, "Hey, watch this!" and "Ouch." Yeah, I'm like, what? What? what like, what was that? So that kind of leads me to to the thinking that maybe they are going to make this hand loss permanent, kind of like Thor. But I I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. But, but I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. But uh, also to address the elephant in the room, Dylan's hiding a secret. And we'll just know about that secret in the next discussion. It's like, it's like oh my gosh, who, what, is, what does he have? Well, next issue tells us exactly what he has. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's something I wanted to like talk about on him. Uh so so like I'll talk about this more like when we get to Goodson, but the way Dylan is written in this book and the way he's written in like the Good Son is just polar opposites. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that I'll yeah. hit on later. I'm feeling that Dylan he's showing a bit more of like a rebellious side now, almost like the early days of his dad kind of. I mean I guess, but if you well yeah, but just like but just his personality between this, this, and the good son just does not match up with what we've seen him do so far. Like it seems like Kate's writes him one way, and then well, I don't know. So like we'll talk about it. But otherwise, I'm still enjoying um, Mark Bagley and his art on this issue. You know, I I really do enjoy Mark Bagley, even though his uh, style is different between now and back when uh, he first worked on Venom and Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Seeing Bagley draw the Carnage symbiote in the fire, it just, it looks so good. Like It's almost like one with the flame, the way it's moving and everything. And yeah. I really enjoyed that. That was very cool. But is it the Carnage symbiote, though? But is, is it? it? The, is it the Grendel? What is it? Yeah. Well, like, is it, though? <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> but actually, no. It's yeah, yes, but actually, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so I think Frank Martin's uh, art art on this also like helps because you know like we were kind of saying this is Mark and Mark does a lot of you know light light hearted kind of Venom stories but like Frank's Frank's like like coloring on this like makes it match the tone of the rest of the series which I also like so yeah but yeah and then um, also too like in the issue we get more of uh, we get to see in depth of the well Grandel slash Carnage Simeon talking to Eddie. Because uh, he wants to try to cut a deal, but of course the Grendel symbiote is obviously take no prisoners, right? So, so Eddie cuts yeah. his hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It feels like it feels like to me at least the very the sp- at least the spirit of Cletus Kasich and what he stood for is still alive within the symbiote. It's like he still wants to torment his his dad no matter what. 
But, I mean, yeah. I have a feeling we'll see the Venom symbiote pop up next issue, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Kate's has an idea. I just don't know what it is. Because, you know, 25 is the finale of Venom Island, so I guess mm-hmm. that he will not have a hand in the next two issues, or next three issues, mm-hmm. I guess. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, yeah. So, so, so this was just kind of me saying I wasn't entirely sure uh, because uh, I don't know if an island like that would have panthers and you know snakes and monkeys on it you know it was kind of weird yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i mean granted it's been many many years since the original issue with peter and eddie all right well let's go ahead and move on to our next comic which is web of venom the good son now surprisingly this issue featured two stories but we'll cover the first one and then we'll move on to the next one so the kids are not all right in the latest web of venom issue uh following dylan and normie uh following uh, sorry <clears throat> following dylan and normie's story during eddie's excursion to ilas de huesos uh Dylan reveals that he's kept a piece of the Carnage symbiote that was attached to Norman Osborn at the end of uh, Absolute Carnage. Using his mysterious Codex powers, Dylan learns to control the symbiote, if barely. But even Normie, the heir of the Green Goblin's legacy, can tell that Dylan is in over his head as Null's influence begins to take a hold of him. So, uh, like, like, uh... You know, like Aaron mentioned, uh, Dylan, the way Dylan is written in this issue is quite the polar opposite to how he's written in Donny Cates' uh, Venom series. And I'm not entirely sure if I like it. I don't like the direction this uh, this book has taken him. Uh, I mean, I get it, like he's being a little bit rebellious towards Eddie for having kept secrets and all that, but even Dylan's keeping his own secrets, and it's not exactly good secrets to keep either. Right. Then in uh, yeah. then in mm-hmm. Venom, he's calling Eddie dad, and in this one, he really is like resenting him a, a whole lot. Yeah, it's just a quick one eighty because it's like, well, he revealed that he was his dad in the last issue of Absolute Carnage, and he was like relieved and he's all happy and he's asking Eddie, Oh, can you tell me more about my mother? And then all of a sudden now he starts acting like a like a spoiled brat, like he doesn't want to talk to him. And now he's just starting to act a very a little just a little little see now. So mm-hmm. I think me I, I I think maybe this with the way we're seeing Dylan, the way he's more angry, rebellious, I think this could be how he's actually feeling and his outburst is how he's getting it out. and But he doesn't want to show that to Eddie yet. This is maybe his way of just dealing with what well, he's been through a lot. So this could be his way of dealing with it, I suppose. Yeah, but that's not the best way to deal with it by keeping a symbiote oh. that was murdering, you know, people. Yeah. You know, like, you know, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We also get more uh, Sleeper, which is... Uh, sleeper cat, know, sleeper cat, sleeper cat, sleeper cat. Sleeper cat, sleeper cat, yeah. Yeah, so he's kind of watching over the two boys and they're they're up to no good and i guess we should say that this issue is obviously a well, not that obvious because i didn't notice it but it's a uh reference to the movie uh from from like 1993 called the good son and of course choice about that is that the sons aren't actually good or like the main son isn't that good so so i guess it's a 
joke to say that they're not actually good. Yeah, only sleepers. But, good <laughs> except for sleeper, yeah. yeah I was wondering boy. about that because, like, <laughs> the the masks that Dylan and uh, Normie use when they go when they escape uh, Normie's penthouse or whatever, I was like, those are really odd and specific masks that they're using. So apparently, those masks are from that movie, I guess. Yeah. Another Easter yeah. egg. Yes. And uh, we do get a new, you know, cat. No. no Venom. No, like it's a raccoon. It's a yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a carnage raccoon. So that's interesting, which I guess makes sense, you know, because he's going and around then, and he's trash. And trash. also, Aaron, remember that? Remember that one dialogue from Dylan? He goes like, I'm not a boy anymore. I'm a teenager now. I'm like. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. calm down there, Dylan. Yeah, yeah Mr. They, Nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's a very inconsistent. Like first we hear he's like nine, but now he's, he he says he's almost a teenager, and then you know with the history, Normie should be a lot older than Dylan because Normie was born before Peter was Spider-Man or something like that. You know, I don't know. Like we're Venom guys, we're not Spider-Man yeah. people. <laughs> But you know, yeah, just the just the timeline is always kind of messed up. But there's nothing you can do about that. And then also, like Dylan's just doing a lot of peer pressuring for Normie, like he's saying, "Oh yeah, let's let's use the Carnage symbiote on this. Let's 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 see what happens. If we do it at this random store clerk. Let's see what it, what it does to him." And then you know, Normie's scared and he's getting worried and he's getting very uncomfortable with the situation that Dylan's been doing lately. Yeah, he he is freaking out because then I think he also calls him weird too. Like you're weird, and you know he just storms <laughs> off. You're weird. I don't like you. And then uh, Dylan says he should become the Goblin Child again, which you know he didn't like that because he's saying, well, he's saying my dad is Venom, your dad is still like the Green Goblin, or like he can't still become the Green Goblin. See, like, that's what I was thinking. I thought in the issue, like, uh, Dylan was going to use a piece of the Carnage symbiote to make the, the Red Goblin Child again and control him, but I guess that didn't happen, so. Yeah. Normie is a lot, well, more behaved, which is mm. something. Which, if anything, I was expecting the opposite. I was expecting Normie to be the more rebellious one, so that was kind of a cool twist, I suppose. Yeah. And then at the end, we, we see that, oh, our boy has been turned... He is now so, one of Noel's children. See, that's followers. that's the one thing I got to know because when Noel got free, how did he know about Dylan like right off the bat? And now he is telepathically like uh, possessing him to do all these heinous things. So I think in Absolute Carnage, Carnage or someone mentioned how different he is. Uh, I think it was hybrid. Yeah, uh, I think so, it was hybrid. Yeah, so someone. Someone said something, and you know they know about him. And you know, there, there, there's off, there's something more to him, obviously, because now we know that Noel is actually looking after him. And it was kind of weird that that he saw Noel as Eddie in that dream sequence. So maybe there's more, more to that. So yeah, we'll find out. Now I'll say that um, it, it was good that. You saw that movie, Aaron, the the Good Son, I think, um, and noted how you know even in that movie the boys are not being good. However, we do have a good son. In fact, we could call him the best son, and that's Sleeper. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> He's the best son. There's really no competition at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so, like in the movie, like just so you're aware, there's uh, Macaulay Culkin is an evil little son, and then there's another son that they adopt that's good. So it's kind of a reverse here. But yes, but yes, Sleeper is the yes. Yeah, so we get a flashback on Sleeper on what he was doing before he came to Earth after. Yeah. Uh, that's the second yeah. story. Yeah, so yeah, we are we it was very surprising that we are treated to the second story. Um it stars uh, Sleeper and it's about uh it, it takes place shortly before the events of Absolute Carnage when Sleeper was adventuring through space riding his dying host um Telcar. So, uh like we saw I think in um one of the Venom Absolute Carnage tie-ins, uh Telcar's short story about uh how he went to the planet Clintar and briefly connected with Null and realized, Oh shoot, something's happening. And he zooms off to earth. And that's what this issue kind of also touches upon. Uh, but this is about, um, you know, this, this story is called the, the putrid faction of Telcar. and just describes, you know, Telcar's final moments, even though he already looks like in one of these panels, uh, you know, completely decimated, like just a skeleton at this point. But it also gives us a cool look at uh, his powers again. You know, his special power of uh, chemokinesis, where he can create any chemicals using his uh, body. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And he can spit acid like Agony does too, or or is that something else? I think he he can expel acid by making the chemicals. So yeah, I think he can do that as well. But it was pretty cool. It was a it's a very short story, but it was definitely welcomed, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a great story. See more sleeper. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it really showed how he kind of regretted, or I guess just didn't really understand what he was doing when he lobotomized his his host. And you know, like sleeper is usually the good boy, but you know, like you know, like the thing he did to Telcar was kind of messed up. So, and that's him kind of coming to terms with it because it, you know there's a few scenes where he's like trying to run away and he's like i can feel his like legs or his arm just like giving out you know like as it becomes a skeleton mm-hmm. so but i mean i mean he wasn't a good guy anyway but still though yeah, yeah. i mean like Telcar wasn't a good guy but still it's you know not a good thing to do it's definitely morally questionable yeah Mm-hmm. But Sleeper still is the best boy. I want him back. And he actually mm-hmm. saves the day here. But also, Sleeper does a bad move, I think, when he catches the boys with the Carnage symbiote. He kind of trusts trust Dylan, and he lets him keep the Carnage symbiote. He says, you know what, whatever. But one day you're going to have to tell your father about this. And he's like, okay, sure, you know, whatever. I think he should have been the... Bigger brother, who's I guess younger now, and just and just said no and pushed him and just and just destroyed it right there. But part of me thinks he's just lying to sleeper just to make himself, you know, pretend that he, you know that he is going to do the right thing. So oh well, of oh. course he is, but you yeah. know, still, like sleeper should know better than that. Yeah, yeah. hopefully sleeper keeps a watchful eye over his little brother, and hopefully Dylan doesn't kill him because I'm betting he. He's like going to touch him or something, and it's going to kill him. Also, I was kind of surprised, but I was going to point this out. But uh, he was able to bond with a piece of it on his hand, which I thought he couldn't do that when he tried to do that with Sleeper because 
Yeah. I think I think maybe he's controlling it to form a fist around him. Maybe that could be what it is. No. More mysteries ahead. Never, never any answers. Oh my God, Kate, <laughs> you just want answers. Just, just, just spoil the rest of your fifteen-year arc right now, please. <laughs> oh my God, I'm, I'm sick yeah. of this garbage. All right, so let's move on. Uh, finally, we move on to the rising star of Symbiote Comics, Scream: Curse of Carnage, number three. We're treated to an extended flashback of Grendel and Thor's epic battle as seen in the pages of Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman's Venom series, including Big Mother's part in the legend. When uh, we then return to the president, uh, <laughs> we return to the present, not the president, excuse me. Uh, it, and uh, Andy is right now like being questioned by the police after the, hor- the horrific attack on Feast. And uh, Big Mother isn't through with Scream, though, so Andy takes the fight to her at the bottom of the Hudson River. Uh, but Big Mother is not a power Scream is ready to contend with, and we're left on a very shocking cliff- cliffhanger. I'll note that I actually really like that we got the uh, whole Grendel versus Thor story fleshed out a bit more. And I like that the the very first page, this is splash page, it's very reminiscent of that one Spider-Man issue with uh, Spider-Man uh, being tied to the Green Goblin's uh, glider. I, I don't know which issue that was, but it's a very classic uh, cover. I think yeah. it's issue 49, I want to say. I think I want to say 49, I think. Yeah. But it's pretty... It, I, I like that. It's a nice little callback, but... Um, Definitely, uh, it was noted in, I think it was issue two, that the story of Grendel and Big Mother in the Beowulf, Beowulf legend uh, isn't exactly the truth. And I like that they kind of play with that a bit, saying, you know, Gren- the Big Mother isn't actually Grendel's mother. It's just an, another symbiote dragon that Null created. And she still has this um this this desire to be a mother you know a mother figure yeah to all symbiotes mm-hmm. she wants um, to but was it implied that uh null sent two dragons to earth at yeah. the time yeah okay yeah because we see the red one and the black one i'm assuming the red one's big mother and the black one is grass yeah okay um I am a, a little, just just a little disappointed that we didn't get to see more of Aunt May in this issue. Uh, but I'm also glad that we don't because she doesn't have to be around for the absolute carnage that, uh, that happened on this uh, shelter. Yeah, I'm still, I still disappointed we didn't get the absolute carnage Aunt May tie-in, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think I'm one of the few folks that will say that I'm kind of indifferent on this series. Um, I like what it's doing with, you know, like more like back, you know, like more backstory on Noel and Scream and Scream and Andy. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm reading it. I'm still buying it. I'm still getting a lot of variants. I'm just kind of indifferent to it right now. Um, I did like how, yeah, um, I did like how, I guess, they are doing more folktale stuff. They try to tie like, Rapunzel, you know, that's kind of funny because she has long hair and all this other stuff. So, you know, um, I'm enjoying it. I'm just, you know, not really into it right now, I suppose. But um, 
I guess we should ask for a, a new Scream action figure, one with underwater Scream with super <laughs> hair with action. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, uh, this like the dialogue is all uh, all fantastic. You know, uh, we're getting more uh, lore with Big Mother and uh, why uh, she's currently after Scream. Um, and I thought it was pretty cool because now Scream, she became she she transformed into a sea a sea monster, so she could swim in, uh, under the sea. So now she has uh, gills and all that. Under the sea. Under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Scream is now a fish, folks. <laughs> um, but I would say too, like the artwork is not really my strong suit for this. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys might enjoy the art. Maybe oh, it's just it. for me. It's not really my favorite at the moment, but uh, I, I but think it goes well with the story. But Big Mother, she does look very menacing and threatening. So she looks mm-hmm. very big and mother-like. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I really personally like that uh, the symbiote and Andy are interacting more. You know. Andy is kind of not exactly warming up, but definitely getting used to Scream being a presence in her life. Mm-hmm. Please don't um, leave me. We see from issue one where she doesn't want Scream. Now she's like, "Don't leave me! Don't leave me! Don't leave me!" She needs. She wants the symbiote now. She's, I mean, when you're underwater, yeah, you want the symbiote. <laughs> of course, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> now we do get um, a very rare Flash appearance. <laughs> yeah, our boy is back. Yeah, but this is more more of a, um, a delusion, you know, because Andy is now drowning because this the symbiote has been taken away from her, and so she's uh, she's kind of hallucinating, seeing her father, her mother, and then Flash as well. So it's not actually Flash, thank God. <sighs> Coach, is that you? Oh man. Sean, and we just saw the pages for the next issue. So, that was, spoiler alert: she's fine. Spoiler yeah, it was, that was very surprising fine. that they released it so early. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's almost like they want this book to sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already know it's getting a a, a second uh, story arc, so that's great. And I'm, you know, I'm super happy about this book. I, I've said it online, but. I feel like this this series is becoming my favorite Venom comic currently out. You know, I love I love Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman Venom series. I love it, but this is something special. I didn't just, expect to like it this much. Just like that meme you made. Yes, exactly <laughs> the uh, the the car meme. <laughs> yeah, uh, Clay even retweeted that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, so like we were making memes since she was discussing like Rapunzel's story. Uh, I think me and Tyler were memeing about how uh, Big Mother was uh, Mother Gothel from Tangled, and Scream was in you know, like Rapunzel. So, haha, funny meme. Haha. <laughs> I mean, Tyler. Tyler's looking more into her assets, if you know what I mean. I mean, we know what why, why we, we know why he he likes this book. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right, it, it's written so well, you know. You know yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, yeah. with that, we'll wrap up today's issue, uh, today's episode, rather. Uh, join us next month for a view of February symbiote comic offerings. 
You can listen to We Are Venomaniacs on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music and iTunes, Google Play Music, and YouTube. We can also be found on Twitter at WAV underscore podcast. Check out our Discord server and become a member of the audience during our next live recording of We Are Venomaniacs. Join us, won't you? As always, thanks to my fellow co-hosts, Carlos and Aaron, for joining me today. Thanks for listening, as always, guys. And thanks to Jonathan for joining us as well. And thank you for having me on the show. had a very fun time with it. Yep, super fun. fun. And thanks to the Venom site for permitting us to make this podcast under the TVS banner and all of your generous support. And finally, thank you, loyal listeners and fellow Venomaniacs. You guys make an awesome community, and it's an honor to be your voice on the airwaves. Together, we are Venomaniacs. And now, a word from one of our partners at The Collective, a network of superhero podcasts. Face front, true believers, and riddle me this. Do you enjoy comics? Great. Well, you're already halfway there. Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as listener and producer. My new weekly, the bi-weekly show, deals with the heroes that don't get enough credit. Street-level heroes like Daredevil, Moon Knight, Spider-Man, and the like. With a strong emphasis on stories that don't get quite enough credit either. Or perhaps are just plain goofy. With the occasional look into jumping on points for new readers who might be interested. I'm Ethan Ainsworth, and this is Knights, a Marvel podcast. Check me out on Podbean and iTunes. Fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe. But this podcast... (laughs) does put a smile on my face. 